0: Welcome to the Premature Millionaire Show. You can follow us on Twitter at The Pre Mail Show. Today's episode features Jack Bogle talking about expected returns from the market. Jack Bogle is a legendary investor and is the founder of the Vanguard Group. He's probably the biggest reason passive investing is so popular. So take notes and I hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Christine Benz from Morningstar. As part of the annual Bogleheads event, I recently sat down with Jack Bogle to get his forecasted returns for the major asset classes. Jack, thank you so much for being here. It's always a treat, and it's a, a real thrill to be here in your
1: office. Well, it's kind of a regular thing here. We've got something going for, I guess, the seventh or eighth consecutive year.
0: That's right. Around
1: the time of the Bogleheads conference here, and in the Valley Forge, Pennsylvania.
0: Right. And one of the things we always talk about when we sit down and do these interviews is your forward-looking market expectations. You take it asset class by asset class. And I think you um, have a very intuitive approach when thinking about market returns. So can we start with um, stocks, what you're forecasting for stocks? I'm guessing it's a pretty sober outlook, given (laughs) how long-running this equity market rally has been.
1: Yeah, but, but not to pick nits but I really don't consider it a forecast. I consider it reasonable expectations. And uh, my my reasonable expectations for the coming decade, as as in my new book, Little Book of Common Sense Investing, 10th Anniversary Edition, just coming out, um, I'm pretty conservative. I, I look at the sources of returns, that's all I do, and the fact that other people don't do it that way doesn't bother me in the slightest. But I look at uh, investment return, and that's today's dividend yield, which is less than 2% for the S&P 500. And I look at future earnings growth. And while future earnings growth has averaged 5 or 6%, I'm looking for a lower future earnings growth, say 4%. So I got my 2% dividend yield. There's no arguing about that. Right. And I'm guessing that earnings growth will be slower. So that gives me a 6% investment return uh, from the fundamentals of the marketplace. Now, the other part of it is not investment return, but what I call speculative return. And that is uh, valuations. If, if a valuation goes from 10 times earnings to 20, that adds 7% a year over a decade. It's kind of amazing. Uh, we're not in anywhere near that extreme territory. But I think valuations will probably take two percentage points a year off that six, getting to four. Where does that come from? Well, we're looking at a Price earnings multiple on the S and P, by my standards, past reported earnings, not by Wall Street standards, future uh, operating earnings, and there's a big difference between the two. So I have the PE at about 25 right now, and if it goes down to 18, we'll lose a couple of points in 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 valuation, which will take that six down to four.
0: Okay. And fixed income, um, you use starting yields, which have historically been a pretty good proxy for what bonds might return over the next decade. Not a great outlook there either.
1: Well, you, you're right. It's, a, it's not, a, not just a good proxy. Today's yield, a proxy for the 10 years coming up, uh, but it's almost a perfect proxy. It has a 91% correlation, today's yield, for the 10-year return on the bond. Whether it happened this time, we don't know. It wasn't 100%. But it's intuitively satisfactory, because in the long run, the only return you get from a bond is the interest coupon. And it doesn't change uh, over time, uh, because a bond is a bond. And so what I use in the book is a 50% US Treasury 10-year. That's a note. And 50% corporate bond index. And that gives me about a 3% average return on bonds for the coming decade. You can see that's very close to the stock return, right? And uh, so it's a one percent equity premium. People are guessing what that premium will be. I don't presume to know. I don't start with the premium and end with the return. I start with the returns and end with the premium. And I think honestly that's a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. So pretty, pretty small returns relative to history. You know, in the long run, stocks have given. Uh, I think about a nine percent return. And bonds about a six or seven. Six probably is the better number. So we'll be below what we expect. so uh, Or what we have come to expect from history. So what does an investor do? One thing is save more. I mean, there are ways of getting a larger retirement plan account under depressed, not depressed really, but lower uh, portfolio earnings. And uh, the other thing is watch out for costs. Uh, A typical mutual fund takes around 2% equity fund out of that 4% return, leaving you with two. And the index fund, total market index fund, S&P 500 index fund, is going to take less than five basis points, leaving that 4% putative return, reasonable expectation return, at um, 3.8. I'm sorry, 3.95. And uh, so uh, that's a big difference and what it means, we have a little table about this in the book, is we have an example in there that you can have a 75 75-stock, 75 25-bond portfolio in active funds and end up with a lower return than you can have with a 25-stock, 75-bond index portfolio. That's how much difference cost makes at these levels, uh, because 2% is a lot more than 5 one-hundredths of 1%. So it's uh, all logical and may or may not be correct.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about inflation, because maybe that's one positive in this whole scenario, or maybe it's not, depending on your perspective. But inflation is really low. So inflation is not going to take, or, or at least today, is not going to take as big a bite out of a portfolio's return as perhaps it did Well, the that's past. right.
1: The long-term inflation rate is probably, you know, give or take 3.5 percent, and right now... If you look at the various markers, uh, you'd probably come up with about 1.5%. So that means your real return will not have dropped as much as your nominal return. Now, Christine, what I do is say, you don't like my numbers? Don't tell me you expect an 8% return. I don't accept that. If you, ex- if you want an 8% return, you tell me where you get it from. So to get to 8%, you've got a 2% dividend yield, maybe a 8% Uh, earnings growth rate, very, very high, and then a 2% loss to valuations. Or, uh, you know, you could say even 2% gain in valuations. That seems highly unlikely to me. But uh, what it means, if you've got an 8% earnings growth and a 2% rise in valuations and a 2% dividend, you'd be 8 and 2 is 10 and 2 is a 12% return on stocks. So you, you do that. You write that down. We, we, I'm not going to have a fight over what the return is going to be. I am going to discuss the sources of return as you see them. And I hope, I was almost going to say during my lifetime, people will come to see what they really are forecasting when they forecast the stock market return. And it's two elements of investment return, one element of speculative return.